Welcome to Staying in the Black, a show about teachers and money. I'm Miss Black, a New York City educator, single mom, and personal finance translator. Join me as I build my runway to retirement. Each week, we'll share actionable steps, resources, and inspiration that educators can use to maximize their benefits and improve their personal finances. Staying in the Black means having more assets than liabilities and being able to pay off your debt without any problems. Stop living paycheck to paycheck and build a joyful life. Thank you for joining me. Hello and welcome to another episode of Staying in the Black. I'm Miss Black, your host, and I'm excited to be with you here today. Last week's episode was on conscious spending. And as I shared this year, I've been trying zero-based budgeting. I've not been doing really well with it. I'm going to be honest, I feel like a failure with it. Um, And I realized it was being impacted by inflation as well as being the mom of a high school senior. And as someone who struggles with budgeting, you know, discovering the term conscious spending, although I believe that I had been doing it intuitively before, was really helpful because no one wants to feel like a failure. And if you struggle with something, whether it be your weight, your budget, or whatever, you need a win. Um, And I've had about four and a half months of losses with this zero-based budgeting, seeing as um, my spending, I wasn't hitting, you know, what I said I was going to, the goals that I had set in various categories, um, and just really being able to say, you know, focus those down to um, inflation, um, gas, inflation and gas prices as well, you know, for a lot of things overall, as well as my son being a senior. So that doing that episode also brought me to today's episode, which is the seven stages of financial freedom. It aligns to, you know, really thinking and knowing where you're being conscious of your money and really thinking about what stage are you in. And so financial uh, freedom, some people struggle with that term because like, well, what exactly does that mean? It means something different for every person. So depending on you talk who you talk to, you might, you'll probably, not may, you'll probably get a different definition and that's fine because personal finance is personal. But this framework of stages of financial freedom is to me important as it gives you some type of guide and ability to kind of set goals as to where you want to be and and why you know so there's the fire movement which stands for financially independent retire early which you know for a while you had people like Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey being like, that's crazy. But it is all the rave now. And I feel like I quasi subscribed as I have mentioned in previous episodes. I believe I did mention it in the last episode as well, that I'm coast fire. And what coast fire means that as long as I follow the plan that I've put in place, um, I should 
be financially independent and retiring early at the age of 55, which as a New York City teacher, that's the way our pension and our uh, system is set up for us to be able to retire at 55, which is a good 10 years younger than the average American. Now, many of us hit that 55 years of age and the 30 years of service, and we don't retire for several reasons. One, we aren't financially prepared to retire at that point. We haven't really been thinking about it. We um, go for our pension consultations and realize the amount of money that we would make off our pension will not allow us to maintain the lifestyle that we've become accustomed to. Then there are the people who financially they can afford to retire, but they haven't planned their retirement. They haven't thought about what is the next chapter of my life. And I don't just want to stop working to sit home and have nothing to do or just be the designated babysitter or the errand runner because I'm the only person not working. And the fourth group is... I'm at the fourth group, excuse me. The third, the third group is I um I didn't plan for it and I can't afford it. And so you, you know, you're just stuck in this place. And I don't believe education is a place to feel stuck, especially when you're dealing and you're responsible for our children's lives and their education. So all of that to say. Thinking about the stages of financial freedom are important. And so the stages that we're going to go over is, you know, have been framed by um, Grant Sabatier, I believe it's pronounced. He is Canadian. I believe it's French. Um, And so I apologize if I'm butchering his name, but I couldn't decide with my English phonemic awareness um, or phonic skills saying Sabater or Sabayer. But he came up and he wrote a really good book called Financial Freedom, which I've read and maybe I'll do a review of his book um, in the near future, but it's a great book. He, in the book, he shows you a picture of his um, bank statement where he had like less than a dollar in it. And although he is financially independent, he continues to work. He hasn't retired early. So just because you are financially free doesn't mean that you have to stop working. Another person that gives a really good framework or has stages for um, financial independence is uh, Jamila Soufrant over at Journey to Launch. She, um, her podcast, Journey to Launch, really inspired me to start this podcast for teachers and really just think about like what is happening for us financially and what are our options. But just by essence of, you know, being able to retire at 55 uh, makes it so that we are partially part of the fire, the RE, retire early segment of financially independent. And knowing what stage you are on financial freedom will help you really get to the financially independent part of it um, if fire is something that you're really interested in. So there are seven levels to financial freedom, according to Grant. And the first one is clarity. 
The second is self-sufficiency. The third is breathing room. The fourth is stability. The fifth is flexibility. The sixth is financial independence. And the seventh is abundant wealth. So those are the seven levels of financial freedom. And now we're going to go over each one and, you know, flesh it out a bit more. So the first step is clarity. It is what I spoke about when I spoke about like understanding your net worth, just really getting a sense of where your money is going, where, you know, what what's coming in, what's going out. But the caveat to this clarity is not only knowing your net worth, but kind of knowing where you want to go. Do you want to you know, join the fire movement and become financially independent and retire early? Do you want to do standard, you know, retirement as, you know, an educator and say, I am going to maximize my benefits and I'm just going to work until my retirement age and then go that route? Do you want to, you know, do something, a hybrid between like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to work until this point, but I'm going to make sure that I am totally uh, financially independent and I won't, I'll become work optional and having another job or the necessity for additional income um, will be optional and not necessary. So having clarity not only knowing where your money is going, but having a goal for where you want to go is important at the first stage, which is clarity. The second stage is self-sufficiency. Now, I'm a general generation X um, woman, and uh, I don't live with my parents and probably didn't really stop living with my mom full time probably around 18. I've gone home for, um, I think the longest I've been home since 18 was maybe three or four months until I found an apartment or until my apartment was ready. Um, And I think I've done that two or three times. But if you are at the level of self-sufficiency, you are no longer living with your parents and you can cover your expenses which means if you if your expenses are being subsidized by your parents then you're not truly self-sufficient like if you're living you're not living in your parents home but your parents are paying your rent you're not <laughs> at the self-sufficient um level there's nothing wrong with that there's no judgment there but if you're truly self-sufficient you are if you're truly self-sufficient you are you know not living with your parents and you can cover your own expenses. Then the third stage, breathing room. You're not you, you're able to save some money and you are no longer living paycheck to paycheck. That's a huge step, right? So it just means that your salary, your net salary is covering your needs and you're able to put away money for a goal, whether that goal be um, an emergency fund, saving for a car, saving for the down payment on a home, whatever, you are able to swing it so that you are paying your bills, 
you have, you know, some play money and you are able to save money. So that is the breathing room. Like you can finally, you know, you're not, you don't have month left at the end of your check. You have, you know, money left over at the end of your check and you're choosing to save it uh, until you hit certain goals. The next stage of stage four, which is stability, is that you have no bad debt and six months worth of expenses for emergency. And, you know, I struggle. There's always this debate about the difference between good debt and bad debt. And he, when you look at debt, you know, most people can agree that good, bad debt is consumer debt, right? You have these credit cards, they have large interest rates, and they're not allowing you to make your, or to meet your goals. And if they're not allowing you to meet your goals, it's bad debt. You know, some people say is a mortgage good debt or bad debt. I don't, to me, debt is debt, but a mortgage debt is, you know, you would be paying rent and no one looks at rent as a bad debt. So if you have your mortgage, then that's, you know, keeping a roof over your head. If you want to, you know, have that discussion and play those um, semantics about it, but not having bad debt and having six months um, of expenses saved for emergencies is huge. And so that would put you, that you're stable, that you're really managing your money well. Um, and then the fifth step or the fifth, fifth stage, excuse me, is flexibility. So you have at least two years of expenses saved and you could take off for work for a year, meaning, you know, you could live off of that for a year. Now, two months, I mean, two years of expenses is different than two years of salary. So when you look at your salary, you are looking at, you know, what you contribute to your retirement accounts, your health care, you know, all of that. Two years of expenses is really about the amount of money that you spend in a year. Um, and it's saying that you have enough that you could say, okay, I need to take a breather from work and I'm going to take a year off to explore something else or to do something that brings me pleasure. Um, or you can continue to work. Can So I know some of you think like, who can do that on a teacher salary? You can if you're intentional about where you put your money. So as educators in New York, you have options. You have, you have two retirement plans available to you in addition to your pension. So if you put money in your TDA and then you put money into deferred comp, which is your 457, your TDA is your 403B, then you it'll be much easier to save up two years of living expenses that way. And so I do have two years. I have I, actually probably have a little more than two years of living expenses saved up. I'm still working. I won't be taking off a year from work. But as a New York City um, Department of Education teacher, you are entitled to a sabbatical. So you could do that 
Um, and you would get your salary as long as you're, you know, taking classes and you can look into that. So that's another benefit I don't often talk about on this show, but you can, that's an option, you know, if you feel like you need a break, um, a sabbatical, there's a certain, there's a minimum number of years you need to teach to be able to do that. But Grant is saying that flexibility is a, you know, the, the fifth stage of um, financial independence. And, you know, if you're at that point, you're flexible, you're better than stable, you're flexible. And then stage six is financial independence. And that means you can live off the income of your, that your investments generate. And what that means is like the 4% rule. If you're not familiar with it, there was a study done and it basically says if you just withdraw 4% of your retirement savings a year, a year, and you're able to do that, your retirement you know, will will last your retirement funds will last you as long as you need them to. So that means you don't have to work and that what your investments are earning allow you to live at the lifestyle that you have either become accustomed to or the lifestyle that you want to live. And so that number would be different for everyone, but you would have the ability to do that. And your investments are not just investments in the stock market. That's investments in real estate. You may have rental income that may be products that you sell or um, evergreen content that you've created and you make um, revenue off of that. So whatever those investments are, that is financial independence. When you're living off of that, you really don't have to do much. It's kind of like, you know, you get royalties from music or other content books, those sorts of things. And having, putting all of those investments together, you're able to live off of that. And then there is the final stage, um, abundant wealth, where money isn't a concern. You have more than enough, more money than you'll ever need. And so some are like, huh, who, who gets there? You know, people are born into that type of wealth. We don't make that type of wealth. Well, that number, similar to the financial independent number, is independent to each person. So, you know, some people, abundant wealth means that they can afford the the jet, the private jet. They have, you know, a home in the Hamptons, an apartment in the city, a vacation home at Lake Tahoe. That's one version of abundant wealth. Another version of abundant wealth could be just the ability to live in your home, um, have enough money to pay the tax, utilities, um, volunteering your community, buy, you know, whatever little things make you happy. That's a whole different um, number. So abundant wealth is really based on the type of lifestyle that you choose to live. So those are the seven or those are grant um, Sabatier's seven stages of financial freedom. And you may agree or not with each of them independently, but what they do is provide you a framework to think of a goal. Like where do you want to be? Like what stage um, would you like to be at? 
And it's not a competition. It just helps frame your thoughts and what you, you know, give you ability, the ability to check in with yourself and say, hmm, this is where I want to be. And so in order to get there, these are the steps that I need to take. It's again, being conscious about your money and your goals and where you want to, you know, to be, you know, at various stages of your life or at the point where you get um, to whether you're ready to retire or whatever your decision is. Now, I've shared these seven stages with you. And according to a Magnify Money study, 50% of Americans are just at stage two. And stage two is self-sufficiency, meaning that they no longer live at home and they could cover their expenses. But it also probably means that they're still living check to check. Because remember, stage three is breathing room where you're no longer living check to check. And that also adds to the study that was done last year where they said the average American could not afford a $400 emergency. That a $400 emergency would put a lot of people in a negative um, net worth. And so having these stages will really help you, you know, think where am I and where do I want to be? So if you asked, you know, what is the highest leverage action step you could think about engaging in this, in these seven stages is the first step is to figure out where you are. So what stage are you at? Are you at the clarity stage? You really don't know what your money, where your money is going and you pray every day that all your bills and your checks clear um, and that you, you know, live to go to work another day and make another dollar. Are you at self-sufficient where you, um, you know, no one subsidizes your, your living, Um, and so you're clear, you pay all your own bills, you're able to cover them. Are you, you know, breathing room? You don't have, um, you're, you may have a little bit of debt, but you're able to cover everything and then save some money. And here's the thing about this, uh, breathing room is that again, according to the same magnifying money study, 31% of Americans making over $100,000 live paycheck to paycheck. So when I, when I, you know, speak about these things, this is, this is people, I mean, New Yorkers to be able to generally live here, whether it's $100,000 as a married couple or $100,000 plus as an independent, one third of those people are living paycheck to paycheck. And so you have to create your own breathing room. And that brings us to level four again, where it is you can get rid of the high interest rate debt. So that's, you know, credit card debt generally. And then you're able to stash away at least six months of living expenses. That part is important because remember, this pandemic really hit people for two solid years. So, you know, pre-pandemic, 
you know, there was the debate, does it have to be three months? Does it have to be six months? Does it really make sense to have, you know, a year's worth of savings? Well, the pandemic showed us that, yeah, even a year won't be enough. So you really have to, you know, think about that. So again, figure out where you are. That's the action, you know, so the highest level action step you can take is figuring out where you are and then setting a goal to move up at least one step. You could also look at it and say, this is the stage that I want to be at. And whether that's a, you know, if if that's, whether that's abundant wealth or whether that's, st- you know, stage five, which is um, flexibility where, you know, you have two years of expense, expenses paid wherever you're choosing, so where no matter where you land, whatever you're choosing as the goal, it's helpful to then say, this is my goal, and then work towards that goal. And I have full confidence that you will meet your goal. It's really about being conscious of what you want, being conscious of what your where your money is and what it is doing, and then saying, this is a goal that I want to make, and putting into place the steps that it'll take to have that happen. So last week, again, we spoke about conscious spending. And this is kind of, I believe these seven stages is kind of like conscious planning around your money, really thinking about where you want to be. Now these stages, because as I shared earlier, you know, Jamila has her own stages, are guidelines. So they're not, you know, lockstep, but they are a a way for you to think about your money and think about your goals if you're struggling with that. If you don't have an idea of what's going on with your money and you're not setting a goal for it, then it goes back to, I don't know if it's true that this was a Ben Franklin quote, but those who fail to plan, plan to fail. You have to have a plan. Um, and don't judge yourself for where you are on the stage. Just think about on those stages. Just think about the plan that you have to put in place so that you get to the stage that you want to be at. So I hope that this was a helpful episode to you and really that you reflect on where you are and where you want to be. So remember to stay in the black. I look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you for joining us this week at Staying in the Black. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a show and visit our website at stayingintheblk.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stayingintheblk. If you like the show, please tell a friend and leave a review in iTunes so that we can continue to bring you amazing episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week when...